Welcome, everyone, to the third episode of Best of the West, where we cover the NFC West division here in the NFL. My name is Jake Brown, and I'm here alongside my partner, Kenji Ito. For a recap of the NFC West in Week 8, the 7-1 Arizona Cardinals lost their first game against the Green Bay Packers 24-21 in a very disappointing way on Thursday Night Football. The 7-1 Los Angeles Rams won against the Houston Texans 38-22, and the 3-4 San Francisco 49ers won against the Chicago Bears 33-22. The 3-5 Seattle Seahawks won against the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-7. So let's start off with the Arizona Cardinals, who are currently in first place. J.J. Watt and is out for the year with a torn labrum, a bicep injury, rotator cuff, and dislocated his shoulder. So, Kenji, do you think J.J. Watt comes back this year, if at all? Uh, no, I do not think so. Uh, he messed up his arm pretty badly. It, it probably went the other way. So, uh, and as a defensive end, uh, as he is, uh, they have to use a lot of they have to use a lot of arm movements. So I think that he is definitely out for the season. Um, from past from past injuries and how long he's been in the NFL and his as he's aging older, I do possibly think that he his NFL career might be done. And that's really a shame because I've really liked watching JJ Watt play. Mm-hmm. And he definitely deserves a ring, in my opinion. And oh, I absolutely. Think, and I think that if he was going to get it at any point in his career, it would have been the Arizona Cardinals this season. Oh yeah, who can still he can still get a ring if the Cardinals win the Super Bowl this year, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be as likely without JJ Watt. Yeah, I think that uh, his like like while they do have amazing depth, his like his absence is definitely going to impact that defense, just because they're not going to be able to rush the quarterback as effective as they were. Uh, this take, for example, the, the uh, Green Bay Packers game, uh, they really did not get to Aaron Rodgers that often. Yeah, they like they stopped the run game uh, pretty effectively, uh, but yeah, the pressure against the quarterback is not going to be as effective. Yeah, and it's really a shame because not only does he bring that pass rush defense, he also brings a type of leadership to that defense Mm -hmm. that other defenses in the NFL would die for. Mm -hmm. And that leadership is something you cannot, it's the intangibles. It's something that Mm -hmm. you cannot measure with statistics. And just with J.J. Watt and now T.J. Watt over in Pittsburgh to carry the torch, uh, it's just unfortunate yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were watching. Uh, we were watching JJ Watt since uh, 2011, 2012, like around that area. So, and he's been he's been dominant throughout his whole career. So, uh, if he is done for good, it's definitely going to be a shame. But hey, if he can come back for a one more season, that's definitely going to be great. And the question is, if he does come back for at least one more year, is it going to be as effective because it was an arm injury? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a plus and minus. So, um, what I've read is that JJ Watt actually hurt his right arm and he's right hand dominant. So, uh, he, it might be more effective, 
But uh, if he gets the right treatment, if everything goes well, he might be um, he might be good, but not as good as he was. Yeah, and like I said, even if he's not as good as he once was, he's already at an age where NFL players start to decline. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he his whole point of his being in Arizona is for him to yeah. bring that leadership, and it's going to be hard not watching him on the field possibly for the rest of time yeah definitely but we can always guarantee that he is going to be a definite hall of famer like his numbers are so close to reggie white bruce smith like all those legends who are now in the hall of fame so uh we will definitely see him again either on tv or in the hall of fame so he will definitely get a gold jacket oh absolutely speaking of veteran off or on the offensive side, A.J. Green, mm-hmm. what the heck was he doing out there in that final play? Well, this happens all the time in football at any level, college, high school, NFL. But it, it's, just, it's just a bad me- miscommunication between the uh, receiver and the quarterback. Obviously, it's A.J. Green's fault for not looking the right way. But, uh, th- yeah, it was, just, it was just miscommunication between Kyler Murray and A.J. Green. Like, obviously... I think Kyler Murray was obviously trying to get like a fade route because AJ Green is six foot four, and he was facing a, a a smaller defensive back. So, but he was kind of running inside. So, uh, he, there there was just a bunch of confusion between those two at the end. So, would you put more blame on AJ Green or would you put more blame on Kyler Murray? I would probably blame AJ Green more because. Like like they always say, he didn't read, listen to directions correctly. Yeah, and I was looking through the play hundreds of times because I'm just like, what the heck is going on mm-hmm. here? Like, that that's the way they end the game? Yeah. But when I kept reviewing the tape, I saw that, was it Christian Kirk who was open up the middle? Oh, yeah, Christian Kirk was, was completely wide open. I'm surprised... That Kyler Murray didn't didn't like actually see him first, um, because like he was like he was so open, uh, and they definitely do have a connection with each other. They've known each other like since college. They didn't mm-hmm. go to the same college as uh, I recall, but uh, they do, definitely do have a connection because they're both young and they're both stars, not superstars yet. Um, you wouldn't call Kyler Murray a superstar. Uh I I there there's off and on with Kyler Murray because like um there's like some games where like he's like oh my goodness he's amazing but there's some games it's like what did I just watch is this the same person so but yeah like after this season he's 100% gonna be a superstar and right now Kyler Murray is in the top three in MVP race right now last week he was number one and now Josh Allen Mm -hmm. I believe is number one according to Vegas yeah. With Dak Prescott just behind. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a... Yeah, it, it, it's it's very debatable between, like, what you can consider Kyler Murray. But, yeah, like, in my mind, he's, like, he's, like, almost at the, like, he's at the, like, tier of superstar. Yeah. So it's he's, like he's on, he's, he's, he's hanging on a thread, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what I think. With the trajectory going upward. Yes, correctly. Or so, correct. <laughs> Do you remember the last time there was a goal line interception in State Farm 
yeah. stadium. Uh, Super Bowl 49. Uh, Russell Wilson throwing to Ricardo Lockett on a slant route. And that was probably one of the worst days of my life in sports history, definitely. I was... Um... I was scrolling through Twitter after this happened because I didn't see it. I didn't see it live on television. I had something else I was doing, and when I got home that day, I was scrolling through Twitter, and one of my friends told me uh, on Twitter said, "Hey, you know the last time there was an interception in the yeah. goal line," at, and I was like, "Dude, you just ruined my night." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, back to more injury news, this time in a positive. Rodney Hudson is coming off the injured reserve. How is this going to help the Arizona Cardinals offensive line? Well, you got one of the best centers in the game, and he's a veteran. So uh, definitely it's going to be an improvement. Um, he knows how to pass block. He knows how to run block very well. Uh, and he's very agile, uh, as I've noticed. He, he's a big body, so he can, like, go through any he can block any defender um and this is going to be a positive for the cardinals offense just because you won't be seeing as much scrambling from kyler because without without him i noticed that he was like kind of running all over the place just to get a throw off so that's definitely going to help that situation yeah it seems like when rodney hudson was out kyler has been improvising more yeah definitely Yes. And well, in, like he's good at improvising. His s- statistics have faltered because of it. It happens all the time with Russell Wilson, his counterpart, mm-hmm. who is right now in the injured reserve, and we'll get to him later. So, I mean, you need your QB in the pocket in order to be successful, yeah. in my opinion. And yeah. I think Rodney Hudson's going to provide that for the Arizona offense. Yeah, and plus you always want your quarterback to be safe because he is like kind of like... He is the like centerpiece for that for that puzzle. Yeah, and now we'll go to you to talk about the LA Rams. So now we have the LA Rams. So this came out uh, like yesterday or a couple days ago, but Von Miller is officially an LA Ram for, and they traded him for a second and third round pick. So, Jake, how, how do you feel about the whole situation? Trading, the Broncos trading their one of their few superstars that they have to an already dominant defense? Yeah, I don't know how this improves the L.A. defense. I mean, obviously you're going to have Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and Aaron Donald all in the same backfield. But does acquiring another superstar make you just to be a little bit better worth the risk of draft picks because mm-hmm. I believe the Rams only have a few draft picks a third round compensation a fifth rounder and a seventh rounder question mark? yeah like it's like it's around that area but and the rookie camp's going to be really weird for those <laughs> for those draft picks next yeah, year yeah absolutely but Von Miller wants another ring He's mm-hmm. not going to get it again in Denver. Denver's in full rebuild now, even though they started off 3-0 this yeah, year. They're fake. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fake, uh, even though they beat Washington last weekend. Mm-hmm. I think it was. it's going to be weird seeing Von Miller in a different uniform, yeah. especially with and a, a, diff- and different, a different number. Yes, yeah, same number he wore in college. Mm-hmm. So Von Miller loved watching you in Denver. 
but now he has a new time in LA. Yeah. So he's going to be in that big market. Mm -hmm. So now moving to the offensive side of the ball, uh, this is much smaller news, but LA, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they waived Deshaun Jackson, now moving Van Jefferson to that third wide receiver spot. How do you feel about this whole situation? I think Jefferson is a lot better than Jackson right now, mm -hmm. and the Rams are trying to trade Deshaun Jackson today uh, as of recording this for the trade deadline, and they couldn't find a trade partner, so they just decided to release him. I think that's just the right idea. They Deshaun Jackson isn't what he used to be in Philadelphia and Washington, and, you know, it. he's serviceable. He's just not the really good player he once was. Yeah, and, like, personally, what I think about Deshaun Jackson is that, like, the injuries. He's he's just been so injury-prone that he definitely lost his speed, uh, which is the main thing of a receiver. It's like you got to get past the defender or you got to, like, make a move on them to, like, create open space. So I think that's the main reason why, um, why uh, like, he has declined in his years. Um, but I think this is make this is a good move by uh, LA is because Van Jefferson is already a great wide receiver. He's he's definitely going to be an underrated underrated wide receiver in the future. And plus Deshaun Jackson, they're paying him a lot of money, and he is very old. Yeah. So that is like kind of my take on Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, and you and me both have very similar takes on it. I, I think Deshaun Jackson can be serviceable for a team that's rebuilding, a team like Philadelphia if he wants to reunite there or mm -hmm. if he wants for to go... For the third time. For the third time. Or if he wants to go somewhere like Washington or to, uh, you know, I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, uh, of course. Atlanta, you know, mm -hmm. teams that are looking for just places to fill. Yeah. And Deshaun Jackson wasn't going to be able to do that in L.A. He needed to win his spot, and Van Jefferson is just better. Yeah. Okay, and now we're moving to bigger L.A. news. So Cooper Cup, who has been Matthew Stafford's favorite target, uh, he has 900 yards and 10 touchdowns in eight games, which hasn't happened in the Super Bowl era. He is on pace for 133 receptions, 1,963 yards, and 21 touchdowns, which is actually on pace to break Calvin Johnson's receiving yards record. Like, what do you think about this whole situation? Uh, like, is he going to be now a dominant receiver? Is, like, Cooper Cup, like, top 10, possibly top 5? Like, what is your take on Cooper I, Cup? I don't know if he's top 5 yet. This season, he is top 5. But I have been very high on Cooper Cup in the last three or so seasons. Mm -hmm. I always thought he was the better wide receiver to Robert Woods, even though Robert Woods is good in his own right. And he just needed that quarterback who could throw on the ball accurate and could maximize his skill set, and that's what Matthew Stafford is doing right now. He is maximizing Cooper Cup's skill set. There's better play calling, and Cup is just going off. I, I've been mm -hmm. projecting it for three years, and it's finally happened. Yeah. Uh, this is what I personally think about Cooper Cup, is that he is, I, and I said this on one of our other pod, uh, on other episodes of podcast, um, and I've told many friends this as well, 
But I think Cooper Cup is now 100% healthy. It's because he got hurt in that uh, in that Super Bowl season where Jared Goff took him to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. That's right. And then the the uh, following season after that, like he like like he was he wasn't like what he was that past season, right? Yes. So since there's like a like a two year period, I think that he's now fully healthy and he's really showing what like what viewers expected out of him before he got injured. Exactly, and I believe he was out of Eastern Washington, right? Yeah, he's out of Eastern Washington. Yeah, so. and there's not a lot of really good players who come out of Eastern Washington, so this is kind of a diamond in the rough here for LA. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a steel draft pick because you know, like Cooper Cup, since he came from a, such a small college, he didn't he wasn't a first rounder, he wasn't a second yeah. rounder, he was probably like third, fourth, fifth, sixth. So it's definitely a draft steal that can go in the record books for all time. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, not on the same level, but Antonio Brown out oh, of yeah. Central Michigan. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he was, like, picked in the sixth round, I think. Yep. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to uh, move on to the 49ers news, and that is brought to you by Jake. Yep. So the 49ers, they they were part of the trade deadline. They got Charles Omanahu in uh, for a trade with the Houston Texans for a 2023 sixth-round pick. Kenji, what do you think of this trade? Uh, I think, like, even though he's not a big star, I think this is a great trade. It's because the um, the 49ers' front seven is, like, absolutely fantastic. You got Greenlaw, you got Warner at your linebackers. And then you got Nick, you got Nick Bosa. And you got Eric Armstead on the two, uh, two. Um, they're not edge rushers, but they're defensive ends. And then you got Javon Kinlaw, who had an amazing rookie season. So now adding that extra guy who is a speed rusher and he can get to the quarterback fast, I think it's a great addition. Yeah, especially you said fast. And the Niners, they're facing the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they need somebody who is fast in that pass rush for mm-hmm. someone who is also very fast and can get the rid of the ball quickly in Kyler Murray. Because the 49ers, they're not out of a playoff race. Oh, no, definitely. They, they can still grab a wide card, wild card spot, in yeah. like a third, second wild card spot. And they're going all in, and they, they want that playoff spot. And yeah. they have to beat the guys in their own division. They got to beat the Russell Wilsons. They got to beat the Kyler Murrays in their division. And Omanahu is someone who's able to get to that quarterback quickly. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you mentioned, like speed to get to Kyler Murray. Uh, they also have Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. They're not as fast as uh, Omanahu, but uh, they're definitely very fast pass rushers. And they're, well. they're a lot more dominant, especially Nick Bosa. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, so... Still with the 49ers, where uh, uh, George Kittle, Robbie Gold, and Jeff Olson Jr. are expected to return to practice this week, which are like three addition three additions to the offense and uh, special teams uh, for the 49ers' success. What do you like? What do you think about this whole situation? I think George Kittle is a player that the 49ers really need right now. Mm-hmm. Robbie Gold, not as dominant as a kicker as he used to be. No. 
And George Kittle not as dominant as a tight end as he used to be just because of all the injuries. But they're really key players that you want right now Absolutely. as soon as possible, especially down the stretch. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., I feel like, is not as important right now because they got Elijah Mitchell at mm-hmm. the backfield. So, you know, I mean, they're, these are all players that they need back. Especially, like, yeah. for Jeff Wilson Jr., like, they need that depth. But George Kittle and Robbie Gould as players that they can really rely on to get the points, you can't ask for anything more. Yeah. So they have the like three weeks or something to get um, these players back off the IR. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So uh, that is it with the 49ers news. Now we move on to the Seahawks news. Uh, so Russell Wilson it could possibly possibly play against the Packers in Week Ten. Geno Smith just went off against the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think about Russell Wilson coming back? I mean, no matter what, Russell Wilson's going to be uh, uh, an upgrade over Geno Smith. And I'm not knocking Geno Smith at all. I think he's been a very good replacement, Mm -hmm. better than I expected, especially in the Jacksonville game, even though Jacksonville just isn't that good. No, they only have Trevor Lawrence, and that's about it. And James Robinson. And James Robinson. Yeah, you can never forget about James Robinson. James Robinson, I think, is the better player right now than oh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Russell Wilson, against a playoff team in Green Bay, they'll definitely win that division. Uh, the Packers will. Russell Wilson and the Green Bay Packers are just a really good rivalry to watch, especially come mm-hmm. down the stretch, come playoff time, come... I don't know if the Packers are a. I don't know if that game's going to be on prime time. I haven't looked that up, mm-hmm. but they they really. I would trust Russell Wilson better than Gina Smith, Smith yeah. in a game like that. Okay, so now we move uh, to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, DJ Reed actually had a groin strain against the Jaguars in the fourth quarter. Our starting uh, the starting cornerback, uh, and Trey Brown and Sidney Jones replaced him. Uh, and they they played decently well. So, like, what do you think about this whole situation? Are they the up like they're not like stars yet, but are they upcoming for the Seahawks defense? I'm really impressed by DJ Reed and Trey Brown so far this year. Absolutely, it, yeah. They're, especially since uh, Trey Flowers is gone. Yeah, that, thank, thank goodness. Re- I've been waiting for that day. Hallelujah. Um, but. You know, I still want to give it some time. DJ, like, this is still the Jacksonville Jaguars we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the week before was the New Orleans Saints without uh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So it, they're not teams that are going to blow you away. No. And they absolutely blew Jacksonville out of the water. And the defense was really key in that to hold Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson from doing Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson things. Mm-hmm. So it was, I'm proud of them right now. I hope to see them improve. And DJ Reed, I mean, there's going to be a couple weeks to see if he is back in the starting lineup against Green Bay uh, after this bye week. So, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if Sidney Jones is in the lineup other than DJ Reed. Uh, yeah, um, so I'm just going to kind of base off your thoughts, but I think DJ Reed and uh, Trey Brown are great corners. They're, they're, 
They're not your average size corners either. Like DJ Reed is five foot nine, and uh, Trey Brown is like six foot one, I think. So, um, and they do the good enough job to lock up their their respective player and everything. Um, but wh what I also like about these players is that they're very fast, and that's yes. also key on the defensive aspects because if you go up against a fast receiver you're obviously going to get burned yeah so um th those are like kind of my initial thoughts about dj reed and trey brown but like you said before it's obviously going to take some time since they're like kind of new to the system yeah and they're young players too mm -hmm. so uh since the uh since seattle is actually on by this week like what what are your thoughts about this uh previous game against jacksonville and winning 31 to 7 I think it was about time. Yeah, definitely. The, the Seahawks have just been, ever since, what was it, week three? It, it, I don't think it was week three. It, it was It was a, the 49ers game is the was, last time they won. Yeah, it was last time they won, and then Russell Wilson got injured against the LA Rams. Yes, and that was on um, that was on Thursday Night Football? Yeah, that was. And anyway, it like I said, it was about time, and... Mm -hmm. It's but the Seahawks really needed this game, especially a team as bad as Jacksonville, to mm -hmm. kind of get their confidence up so that they can prepare for Russell Wilson possibly coming back and DJ Reed, even though they expected him to be in the lineup in Week Ten coming into last week, mm -hmm. to possibly come back, and also the Travis Homer. Oh yeah, that that, that was impressive. I was like, okay. Onside kick, we're just going to recover and go down. But I was, I was I'm completely so shocked that uh, he returned it. I want to know why Jacksonville kicked an onside kick when they were down by four scores. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably Urban Meyer's thinking, out of all things, because uh, his style of playing the game is way different than any other style. Yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer, I feel like, is going good at USC, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people think that. Yeah, personally, like, like even though Jacksonville's not in the NFC West, uh, but Urban Meyer, like, what I've noticed is because he's coached at Ohio State in Florida. He yes. coached at Florida first. I just mixed up the two just because the Ohio State came first. Yeah. But Urban Meyer is one of those coaches that can dominate in college, but he can't dominate in the NFL. Yeah, and... You know, this can kind of relate to the Seahawks as well because Pete Carroll is a guy who has dominated both in college and in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. Like it, his time at SC was like unbelievable, and he yep. left after the Reggie Bush scandal. But yep. uh, we forget about that. Yeah, uh, give him back his Heisman. If OJ can have his Heisman, Reggie Bush can too. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, that's a whole rant for another day. Now we got to go to predictions. We got. Three games, or rather two games, we're going to predict this week because mm -hmm. the Cardinals do play the 49ers. Mm -hmm. So we got Cardinals and 49ers in San Francisco. What do you expect from that? Um, personally, I, I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on the Cardinals wagon uh, as usual. Uh, I think that the just the last play of that Cardinals game uh, in in week eight was like it was just one mistake and that cost them the game. I don't think it's going to happen again. So I'm like I'm saying Cardinals are going to win this game, even though the 49ers definitely do need it. Uh, the Cardinals are winning. Uh, they're definitely winning by double digits. Double digits, okay. Yeah, it's def it's definitely going to be like, um, 
it's definitely, uh, it's going to be like 28 to like 10 or something. Dang, that is not what I have at all. I have them winning by single digits, the Cardinals. I have them winning by single digits. I have them 28 to 20. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a little bit closer because mm-hmm. I do have to consider J.J. Watt not being in there mm-hmm. and um, the acquisition of Charles Omanahu. Okay. So I feel like both these, the 49ers got better and the Cardinals have gotten wor- slightly worse. Mm-hmm. Not okay. by a lot, of course, but, yeah. you know. Next, we got the Titans playing the Rams in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. What do you expect from that game? Uh, I, I'm going NFC West again. Uh, the Rams are taking this, uh, plus home field advantage. Uh, the Titans did lose Derrick Henry. So that's... Wait, considering that the last game there you weren't going to go NFC West? Just some team from out of the... <laughs> Oh, whoops. But, yeah, forget about that. But, uh, I'm I, sorry, I sounded like a complete jerk. Now you're good. Uh, that's actually funny. Uh, so I, I'm taking the Rams in this game because adding Vaughn Miller, uh, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey, they're just going to lock that offense up. And um, the Titans don't have Derrick Henry anymore, and that was the main source of their offense. So um, I, see, I see this game still being pretty close. It's because, like, Definitely, Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback um, that can lead a team. That is a bold take. Uh, yeah, it is bold, definitely. But um, I think it's going to be like, it's definitely not, it's going to be like medium, like it's going to be medium, like width and everything in the score. I think it's going to, it's going to be like 34, 20, 24. That's what I okay, think. Okay, so a 10 point difference. Yeah, a 10 point difference. So... You think that Adrian Peterson is going to do do well? Uh, personally, I don't think they're going to rely on Adrian Peterson that much. <laughs> he might not even play because he just got there and he has to True. still learn the playbook. True. So, uh, but I think, yeah, like they're obviously not going to win against the Rams, but Ryan Tannehill is going to put a decent enough job to like make it close. Yeah, I am not a Ryan Tannehill believer. Mm. I. I think it's going to be a complete blowout. I think it's going to be 35-10. to 10. I don't expect the Rams' defense to give up that many points against a struggling Titans offense. Mm. And the Titans' defense just isn't as locked down as it used to be just a couple years ago. Yeah, definitely. So... Take it off. Take it away, Kenji, for the outro. So uh, that's it. You heard the latest news, our opinions, and our predictions. So thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast, Best of the West. All right. Thank you.